Let's welcome back to the podcast political columnist Moshe Hill, who is here to discuss the Zeldin Hokel debate, or as I like to call it, the Hokel train wreck. Moshe has been featured on Daily Wire. He's written for the Queen's Jewish Link, Jewish Link of New Jersey. I think he may be the only person on the planet who's actually written for Daily Wire and the Queen's Jewish Link, which is cool. Follow him on Twitter at Hill with View Moshe. I still can't figure out why is locking up criminals so important to Lee Zeldin. I don't know why that's so important to him. <laughs> Very strange. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with that? How have you been? You were at the debate, right? Uh, so they wouldn't let anyone in. Uh, there was no um, uh, audience allowed. Because you weren't quintuple vaxxed or whatever. Okay. It, it, I'm sure. I'm sure that was it. <laughs> but I was uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of the uh, the escort uh, that brought uh, Lee Zeldin from Midtown on the subway to the debate. Um so I got to spend some time with the congressman, our next governor of New York. Uh, I got to uh, just talk to him a little bit, uh, which was a lot of fun. And uh, and I got to be in the background of a lot of video, which is people are sending to me, hey, look at you, you're back there. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> I'm back there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That must have been quite the experience. Look, this debate came down. Number one, I noticed you're more confident. A few months ago when I asked you about this, you know, you were confident about Zeldin's chances, but it wasn't the next governor of the New York, of New York State. So that's a step in the right direction. And I want to hear your analysis. I'll just mention three things. Number one, Zeldin was pure substance and Hochul was lifeless, robotic, zero substance, leaving aside the, you know, the, the train wreck moment, which we'll get to in a moment. Number two, all Hochul kept coming back to is Trump and abortion, which is all she's got, which is very, very weak. And number three, and most important, she's the incumbent. The state is a disaster. Like, what more is there to say? Absolutely. I mean, there was a point. So after we we uh, dropped off uh, the congressman, we went to um, a bar and there's a ton of uh, Republicans there. We're all having a great time. And the cheering that was going on in there and we were and there were TVs all around showing the debate. And I turned to people at one point. And I said, is it just me or does she sound like Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> she has the, the the cadence and the robotic and the and just the yes. the, uh, the weird ticks and mannerisms of Nancy Pelosi. And Very that's true. not a compliment. <laughs> not a compliment. I mean, it's, uh, and, and I'll I mean if you said me. if you said that about me, I mean I would just crawl into a hole and never come out. But I'll add this, Moshe. And I hadn't thought of it until you mentioned it, but it's not like Nancy Pelosi. She sounds like Nancy Pelosi at the current age of like 83 versus Governor Hochul, who's like in her 50s. Pelosi in her 50s and 60s was way more dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Hochul has a granddaughter because she's so concerned. She wakes up every morning wondering if her granddaughter will be able to abort her great granddaughter. <laughs> but <laughs> that's like she literally said that. So I, I'm not sure how old she is, but that's what her number one concern is. And, you know, it makes sense, you know, like that's what I want for all my children also to to be able to to kill the following generation. You know, that's what I'm worried about. You cannot make this stuff up. All right. So I, I understand. Uh, OK, yeah, go ahead. I could have a lot no. to say about that topic, but go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, good, good, good. No, I was going to digress slightly. I want to get to all, all of it. And I know you've got you're, you're well prepared here. I mean, I remember getting back to the line about her. She said that, you know, she can't figure out why Zeldin is so focused on locking up criminals. I remember a few moments in political history where one, like a one line clip has literally brought down a politician political suicide. I mean, she must be kicking herself. I rem, you know, remember John Kerry in 2004. 
I voted for that bill before I voted against it. Mr. Flip-Flop, Howard Dean, you know, howling like a maniac. It's all, it's always Democrats, by the way, because they're like true self comes out for those few, few seconds. And that is what this is reminiscent of this line. Yeah. It's, it's really like a throwaway line. That's, that's where it always comes in. It always comes in when they lower their guard enough to actually say what they're thinking, which I don't think Republicans have that kind of um, filter in the first place. Like they're not guarded and except for like you have like the Mitt Romney establishment guys and like whatever who and that's why they get in trouble with the um, when they get caught on like hidden camera with saying like 40 percent, 47 percent of Americans don't pay taxes or whatever it is. And he gets hit with that. And just, but like he wasn't wrong. Like that's the funny thing. He's like, oh, now I have to get hit with that. Because he let his guard down. But if he was right. honest from the beginning, then he it wouldn't get in trouble. It's never about the what you said. It's about the cover up. It's about the lies and the flip flops. Like that's what all it comes down to. Yeah. And so Hochul, she let her guard down because instead of just ignoring the the crime um, talking uh, substance talking points that. Some of the talking points that, that Zeldin's bringing up, it, which she has been doing throughout the entire of this campaign. She finally said what she's been thinking this entire time, which is just like, why does it matter? Like, this doesn't matter. And it's it reminded me the most of when Hillary Clinton was testifying in front of Congress about Benghazi. And she said, at, at what point, what difference does this make? Right. Right. And it's like, excuse me, you were secretary of state when four Americans, including an American ambassador, was killed. It is. It makes a difference. And we're saying this. You are the governor of New York when there's a crime spike. It makes it matters. It matters. And you're the reason for it. And you've done nothing. Pitifully, you wake up a week before three weeks before the election and you announce that you're increasing cops uh, in the subways. And whether that's even happening or not. There's one reason that she did it. She did it for political reasons. And why is she waking up now? Clearly, for one reason, it's very condescending, as you said. She's been governor for 14 months. She's been begged for 14 months to do something about the crime in the city. There have been eight people murdered on the subway this year. The last um, I don't know the last time that happened, but I think they said there hasn't been more than three in like at least 20 years. All right. And and. You're talking about murders in the city. Like, I remember being a kid, and I was born in the mid-80s. You know, the crime started, was going down by the mid-90s. But I just remember being like a little kid, like six, seven years old. And it's like, oh, you don't go to the city at night. Like, you don't do this. Like, you don't run this subway at night. You go when there's like a lot of room, a lot of space. Like, these are just things that were like floating around in the ether. I didn't really understand it. And is that something that now it's something that's brought back again? Like yeah. you don't go at night. You have to pick. You have to pick your hours. Uh, Eric Adams said on uh, on a morning news show, uh, like uh, Good Morning New York or something, that oh yeah, don't put your headphones in your ear. Don't look at your phone. Like be vigilant. Look around. You know, like you're gonna or you're gonna become a victim. That's that's it's like big... that's the world you that's the, that's the world you want to live in. That's his you big strategy. Live in that kind of world. We we've come that's up with a, with a new anti crime strategy. Stay vigilant. Don't wear headphones because you might not hear the guy sneaking up behind you before he throws you onto the tracks. And how many cops were fired because they didn't get the vaccine who now the courts just ordered them to get their jobs back. But why wouldn't the city and the state do it for months? We're short on cops. You have a bunch of cops who their big crime is not getting a vaccine. 
which doesn't prevent transmission anyway. Everyone knows this, and yet they wouldn't hire them back. They had to be ordered by a court to do so with back pay. They don't care about the problems. They just want to win. Great point. And they let's add to that that they've, they've been hemorrhaging cops for years, e- you know, even pre-COVID. Because of de Blasio, because the morale amongst the cops has been so bad, they feel so unappreciated and and they feel worthless because they lock up a criminal for 10 minutes and they're just out again committing the same crime over again or worse. So like they were already losing the the, the, the police force is way below the you know normal levels. Yeah, it's, it's, it's happened during de Blasio's tenure, but also it was a national thing because it's the Ferguson effect in 2014. When uh, right. when their Ferguson burned down because of a uh, a lie told by the media that uh, that uh, a black kid was shot uh, unarmed by the cops in the back, which is a complete lie. Like it was they held up their hands, hands up, don't shoot. All of that was a lie. But it created this effect around the country of cops saying, why would I put myself in harm's way if all I'm going to get for it is ridicule scorn uh be stripped of my badge be just my my pension i've been working for for 20 years is gone like i'm the i'm a pariah in the eyes of the of the public well i just i'm i want to help people cops are out there they want to help people but you know what there's only so much you can take there really is and that's the ferguson effect that's been going on for for eight years already and we're not immune to it and we're also not doing anything to help it so you have other states that are trying to make their cops feel appreciated. Like Ron DeSantis is handing out $1,000 checks to first responders, you know, after COVID. And he did he did it again after the hurricane over there. He's like, hey, you guys get a bonus. You did a great job. What are we doing for our cops? Are we saying thank you? Are we even giving them a pat on the back? Great it's point. Ridiculous. And, you know, as you know, you're really alluding to, um, the BLM movement and the defund the police movement did not begin with George Floyd, as the media would like you to believe. It it, it began long before. Uh, so tell us some of your other, you know, favorite moments from this debate. So I think the moment that made me jump up and and scream was when Hochul said uh, about abortion. She's like, all we did was codify Roe into law. That's all the abortion law is. That is a straight up lie. Yes. The New York state abortion law is far, far, far more, um, has far more or far fewer restrictions, no restrictions on abortion. It's far yeah, more it goes extreme. Way further, much more extreme. Correct. It's way further. Not only does it allow abortions up until point of birth for any reason, because in the law they said they changed it from life of the mother to life and health of the mother, and yet they conveniently decided not to define what health was. Which, if you read any legislation ever, they define a lot of terms because terms can be confusing. And when they don't define terms, they do it for on purpose. They do it to completely be vague. So you could have an abortion for any reason up until 40 weeks. Then after it got signed, then Governor Andrew Cuomo decided to light up the Empire State Building pink in celebration. Not only did they do that, but they also changed the penal code. So if you if you attack a woman who is pregnant which causes a miscarriage, it used to be considered um, a murder charge. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not sure if it was a, uh, a secondary murder or whatever type of murder charge it was, but it was a more um, strict punishment, more strict charge 
than just attacking a woman, which is heinous enough. But if you do it now, if you don't get that charge, they change the penal code because they can't admit that a baby is a baby. So that's New York. So to say that they codified, just codified Roe, let me tell you something. If a state right now took the codification of Roe, broke it down by like trimesters and all this kind of stuff and passed it, the media would call it an extreme pro-life law. The Democrats would call it an extreme restriction on abortion rights because they only for, uh, uh, restrict abortions up. They only allow abortions up until 24 weeks or the second trimester or whatever it is. That's extreme to the Democrats now. So what they, but here's the thing though. They did everybody on the right a huge favor because now we could talk to all the pro, pro choice Democrats. And all the pro-choice Republicans, all the pro-choice independents who used to be pro-choice and say, do you believe in any restrictions at all? And by the way, over 80 percent of them do. Over 80 percent of them would say, yeah, 20 weeks. Yeah, 15 weeks. Yeah, in case of rape and incest. Yeah, in the case of yada, yada, yada. You could tell them, thank you for joining our side. You are now a pro-life extremist. Because (laughs) if you believe in anything, you are now an enemy of the Democratic Party. Great point. And when she was asked about um, what uh, what uh, restrictions she would have on abortion, she did not answer the question. Yeah, she you, a Democrat in this day and age cannot answer that question and certainly cannot be honest about it. And another big mistake the Democrats are making is all they've got is abortion, you know, because you can't talk about the economy. You can't talk about crime. So, uh, you know, or any other issue that really matters to anybody. The only people, in my opinion, that are being swayed by the abortion argument are already not voting for Zeldin in a million years. We're talking about the extremists. Nobody's sitting there and fed up with the, with, with the economy and, you know, fed up with crime and, uh, you know, all the other issues that are going on right now in this country and are saying, well, you know what? The only issue that I care about is abortion. Anyone who's saying that is saying is, is not voting for Zeldin or anybody who supported Trump, period. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is that I talk to these people all the time, a lot of old school Democrats who have never voted Republican their entire life. And I asked them, okay, what are you going to do this year? They said, oh, we can't vote for Lee Zeldin. He's against abortion, yada, yada, yada. I said, okay, so wait, so you're telling me with a straight face that until June of 2022, from you are going to vote for Lee Zeldin because he was great on every single issue. Then the Supreme Court overturned Roe, and you, in response to that, said, I now must vote for Kathy Hochul to protect uh, abortion rights. And obviously they say, no, we would never have voted for Lee Zeldin before it was happening. So I'm saying, so she didn't give you, you don't have a reason to vote for Kathy Hochul. She gave you an excuse. She was very nice. She said, here's your excuse for voting for me. And, and millions of New Yorkers will say thank you and do it. And that's not a reason to vote for anybody, to have an excuse to vote for somebody. Now, let me mention some other um, points from the debate. Number one, nursing homes uh, was brought up. You know, Kathy Hochul gave this, I guess, bogus apology or something, sympathy for for, for the victims of nursing homes, thousands of people who were killed by her predecessor, Cuomo. Um, And Zeldin called her out on it and said, you're covering up the numbers. You're covering up the investigations. So we we actually can't not uncover the number of deaths that were caused, you know, by Cuomo in nursing homes. He brought up uh, Hochul's 
corruption and her pay to play and uh, Alvin Bragg, which, you know, uh, Lee Zeldin has pledged that on day one, he will fire Alvin, Bla- Alvin Bragg, DA, the woke DA in New York, who's allowing criminals to walk free. You know, they actually challenged him. They challenged Lee Zeldin. They said, well, what has Alvin Bragg actually done? And he said, what has he done? <laughs> like, I mean, and he brought up, of course, the case of Jose Alba. He answered that, that question masterfully, in my opinion. And Kathy Ockel says, well, it's complicated to fire Alvin Bragg, but what do you expect? Of course, Lee Zeldin wants to overturn an election. Like, she literally, she is telling you, listen, this is too complicated, so I'm not even going to attempt to fire DA Alvin Bragg. So what are your thoughts on all of that? It's absolutely hilarious. So every single elected position pretty much in the country, I, I can't think of any exception at this uh, off the top of my head, has a mechanism for the um, for the person who is in office to be kicked out of office. So you're talking about a recall vote. You're talking about a set uh, impeachment. A, a, a impeachment. Excellent point. Exactly. The president, Supreme Court justices center. with life tenure. Everybody, exactly. Every single level of government has something. In New York, the mechanism for kicking out a DA is rests with the governor's office in California. They did this in San Francisco. It's a recall vote. So they did it in New York. If there was a recall vote, I guarantee you, we would have had a recall vote by now because there's enough pissed off people at Alvin Bragg that would have triggered a recall vote. You would have had the process, whatever. We don't have the process to do that in New York. It has to be done by the governor. Uh, Lee Zeldin said, when I am the governor, I will exercise that prerogative as laid out to me in the New York State Constitution. Kathy Hochul has decided not to do that. And then she decided to not only not do that, but create a special rule for Alvin Bragg that says he can never be fired. Because if he's fired, that means you're overturning the will of the people in an election. <laughs> it's like you change the Constitution if you want to do that. You have an amendment to the Constitution, but this is how it works. I'm so sorry that Lee Zeldin is abiding by the rules that were given to him. Yeah, and, and look, that stinks. And <laughs> and Ron DeSantis did it. In I know that you refuse to do that. I know. <laughs> I know she refuses to abide by the rules that are given to her. She'll take the uh, emergency powers. She'll keep them month after month after month after month until she makes sure she lines her pockets just enough. And then she'll uh, be very nice a month before an election and be like, you know what? I don't need these emergency powers anymore. I got my campaign contributions. Yeah. yeah, maybe when she figures, I don't need that. Maybe when she figures out why people are so concerned about locking criminals up, that trivial matter, maybe when she figures that out, then she'll try to fire Alvin Bragg. One of my other uh, oh fa- my favorite moments uh, was when they were asked they – get- they, they, they were given the chance to ask each other a question. Zeldin did great on that. Hochul – pathetically, pitifully, says, was Donald Trump a great president? Which Zeldin answered very well, by the way. And he didn't say it outright yes, and I understand why he did not. But he 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 just went, literally listed all of Trump's accomplishments. So, like, what? it's not even debatable. But, but it's so pathetic that she took her one question, her one chance to challenge him. And what she is yes. saying to me at that moment, she is announcing to everybody – I've got nothing negative on Zeldin because that is her chance to attack. And if the best she could do is was Donald Trump a good president, then th- that that's like uh, Robert Mueller exonerating Trump. It's like, listen, we've tried everything. We've got nothing. Absolutely. And the craziest thing is that you she knows she's looking at the results from the from the 2020 election. 
And she says, Donald Trump lost New York by 15 points or whatever it was. Like it was an extreme margin, which we all expected. And she thinks that can translate to her. Hatred of Trump means loving Hochul. That's not true. That's never <laughs> been true. And by the way, it's not like Joe Biden is super popular in New York. I mean, he is jump roping over the 50% line in, in New York, uh, usually far below that. If if he gets to 50%, it's, it's a bare, bare, bare approval um, in the state of New York. So it's not like Joe Biden is the most popular guy around here. But she thinks that it will translate to her. It's a mistake that Democrats always make. It's a mistake that they made in 2010 with Obama, 2010 and 2014 and 20 and 2016. Every single time they uh, ran and uh, Obama would come around and he would he would uh, be very personally popular. And what happened in 2010? Republicans won 60 seats in the House. What happened by the end of 2016? Republicans won over a thousand seats across uh, the state and the country. So states in the country like Republicans were in a position in 2016 because of Obama's unpopularity to put them over the top. Does she think that Trump's unpopularity uh, in New York and Joe Biden's unpopularity in New York is going to translate into votes for her? She's got nothing coming. (laughs) Putting aside Zeldin Hoka for a moment, are we headed for the bloodbath that uh, we hopefully are headed for? When when. All the polling sites like six, eight weeks ago or whatever it was, even less, like four weeks ago, were saying the Republicans are going to win the House. Democrats are going to keep the Senate. I said, no way. Not a chance. I said, Democrats are going to get 48 seats. Republicans are going to win 52. And I went through the map and I said, they're going to do this, that. Now I think the Republicans may get 54 seats wow. in the Senate. I think that that it could go that way. Now, one thing that is a October surprise that I think is coming, but I don't know why it's not here yet, but I'm not informed enough to know why it's not here yet, which is the third quarter GDP numbers. The third quarter GDP numbers, which were – so the third quarter ended on, at the end of September, right? which means that we should be seeing some GDP numbers. And if that GDP number is negative, again, for the third quarter in a row – then that is going to be, I think, going to tip a lot of people over to the Republican side, and it's going to really, really solidify this wave. Now, I don't know why they haven't come out yet. I remember that the second quarter numbers came out like towards the end of of uh, July. Um, so it could be that they're upcoming in a week. I'm not going to say, of course, by saying I'm not going to say, I'm obviously saying it, that they're <laughs> deliberately holding back the numbers, you know. I'm not saying nah. that. Uh, that would that would be very egregious. But I I would love for an economist to tell me, or someone who knows how this stuff works, to tell me. Yeah, it's hard to get these numbers. It takes a few weeks to put it together. Um, they should be around like soon. Like I I don't know, but I think that that could be an October surprise that will solidify the Republican uh, victory. There you go again, getting my hopes up. You know, I hope I'm not setting myself up for a letdown. So I said, when when we spoke a few months ago or a few weeks ago, and you asked me what chances he had, I said 30 tops 35%. It is is a coin flip at this point with with Zeldin. It could go either way. I'm praying for him. Um, I got, uh, but where I'm living on Long Island, 
I think we're going to have a clean sweep. That's how confident I am. I think that we're going to have Republican members of Congress. We're going to have Republican state senators. We're going to have Republicans in the assembly. We're going to have Long Island is going to be a red bastion of, of New York. Um, New York is going to look like it did in the 1995 gubernatorial map. And if you tell everyone to look this up, it's a, it's readily available, like a, the image on Wikipedia. New York is a big red state with a tiny blue dot. And that's <laughs> what we need to actually make a difference in the state. Because that dot's not, the, the dot is not getting any smaller than it could possibly be. It could only get bigger. So we just have to keep that dot in. That's what we got to do. <laughs> Moshe, with a phenomenal appearance here, you're always great. This one of the best, maybe the best ever. The the point you made that I really love is that Kathy Hochul wakes up every morning worrying about whether her granddaughter will be able to abort her great granddaughter. I mean, you cannot make it up. I, I I wish I could take full credit for that, but that's like a, the joke that was going around. Okay, that's a great today. line. That's uh, fine. I I that think counts. I. I I added a, I, yeah, I, I, I tweaked it a little bit. I put my own little flair on the joke, on the general <laughs> joke. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of insane that we, if you're gonna, if you're gonna want abortion laws, uh, don't reference your own children. Like when doing it, <laughs> reference the, the single, the single mom who can't afford to buy a glass of milk. Reference those, everyone else. Why are you referencing your own kids? I never got that. Well, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> Will you uh, join us next week, pre-election, uh, to give us a full analysis of the, uh, uh, you know, upcoming oh, midterms? I would love to. Oh wow! Okay, I Look, would love looking to. forward. We're gonna, hopefully, we'll have some. Maybe we'll have some early vote numbers. Early voting starts on Saturday. Yeah. Oh wow! So, okay, can't wait. Yeah. So everyone, tell everyone get out to vote. This Do is, it early. This is the postseason, the World Series, the you know the. Uh, championships of you know for for political junkies like you and me like this is what we wait for uh all right political columnist moshe hill thank you so much for your wonderful wonderful appearance here uh columnist for the queen's jewish link at hill with view and uh lots of other stuff yes absolutely moshe hill on the vid news (laughs) podcast